0: Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am your host, Jonathan Johnston, and with me today for the first time on this podcast is uh, David Buchanan. Uh, David is a deacon at this church, and uh, many of you may know him as a high school football coach, uh, and so I'm I'm glad to have David on today as we talk about preparing to possess. Uh, Two things I think a football coach knows something about preparation and possession.
1: Well, let, let's hope so. That, <laughs> those two come into play quite often, and, if, and it's tough to be good if you don't.
0: True. Uh, but if you've been following the podcast, we've been in a series uh, on the book of Numbers, Preparation for Promise, and this is actually the final week of that series. Uh, and and as I've said already today is Prepare to Possess. And we are picking up in Numbers chapter 33, Um Moses is still with the people, uh, even though he has been told previously that he will not enter the promised land. He's still the leader. Joshua's being developed as the future leader, so they're kind of working in tandem. Um, but God is still speaking in this passage. He's still speaking to and through Moses to the people of Israel. And so we, we see picking up in verse 50 this instruction that God gives to the people. And so we'll read 50 through 56, and then we're going to we're gonna talk through this Uh Verse 50, the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. Tell the Israelites, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you must drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you, destroy all their stone images and cast images, and demolish all their high places. You are to take possession of the land and settle in it because I have given you the land to possess. You are to receive the land as an inheritance by lot according to your clans, increase the inheritance for a large clan, and decrease it for a small one. Whatever place the lot indicates for someone will be his. You will receive an inheritance according to your ancestral tribes. But if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, those you allow to remain will become thorns in your eyes and in your sides. They will harass you in the land where you will live, and what I had planned to do to them, I will do to you. So it's interesting instructions we find here um, that God's giving to Moses to tell the Israelites. Again, Moses is not going to go with them. Uh, and I find it interesting that where it takes place is they're next to the Jordan River, across from Jericho. And we know from Joshua 3, that's the direction they go in when they enter the promised land, Um I don't know if they could see Jericho or the walls of Jericho from where they're camped at this point. I haven't been to the Middle East to to look at it, right? Um, But the instruction comes, when you cross the Jordan, and then then we have a list of things. And the first thing he says is you must drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. And there's a command to destroy their their stone images, cast images, those are their idols, demolish their high places, so their places of worship. Don't even leave them. Right. Get rid of them. Um, And then the next instruction is take possession of land. I love this. It's almost like because I said so, right? Take the possession of the land and settle in it because I've given you the land to possess. Yes, sir. So why do we possess it? Because he gave it to us. Because he gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, I would imagine if, if you're working with the offense in football, why why is it important to protect our our possession or time because it's ours to possess. Yes. And, and,
1: you know, I, I think it's, it's neat in that too, because, uh, you know, I think so many times in life, we think our possessions are because we got it (laughs) and we, we forget. And I'm, I'm glad God is really clear in this. You got this from me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, that's, that's a good refresher for me to see today is, um, You know, and, and, you know, it says that, you know, in the new Testament too, all good things come from God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that even his reasoning, you know, if somebody were to say, well, why did he give us this land to possess? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, I gave it to you for you to have it. Yes. That's it. This is, and it goes all the way back to Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm going to give you a land that'll be yours. So he's telling the people again, Hey, this, this is the land possess it because I've given it to you for that purpose. Um, and then 54 continues, you're to receive the land as an inheritance. Uh, I love that he does it by lot. Uh, and, and if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what, is, what does that mean? We understand real estate lots. That's not what he's talking about. Casting lots. So uh, a way they would make decisions was by, by, we would almost call it a roll of the dice. And some people would say, "Was well, is that a game of chance? Well, you, you've got to understand if God's saying to do it that way, then then he's working through those lots to bring about his purpose for the people. You can imagine if you go into a new land with twelve tribes, yeah. if you leave it up to them.
1: Yeah, they're 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 <laughs> gonna struggle making that decision, but God give
0: God gives them a way to take that element out of it. Yeah, the, the human element has to be taken out. Because if not, you can imagine, man, there's gonna be arguments between the clans. Well, I, I should have this land, or we should have this land. This way it's like, hey, you know what? You're going to cast lots, and whatever lot you hit, that's yours. Mm-hmm. There's no dispute about it. Give it to them. Now, he does say the size of the inheritance is going to be based on the size of the clan. That just makes common sense. You're not going to make a whole lot of people inhabit a small dwelling and, and give a small family or, or tribe you know, a lot of land. Uh, so that's just God and His wisdom saying this this makes sense. Um, but fifty five, I want to circle back to uh, fifty two, the command to drive the people out, and then fifty five comes with the warning. It's interesting; He doesn't give them a warning about casting lots for the land, like that. That's going to happen. He's not worried about that the command he, he reiterates and says, hey, if you don't do what I said up here, then this is what's going to happen. And it's about driving out the inhabitants of the land. Um, and there's there's a word of caution on what will happen with those that are allowed to remain. Uh, when, when I was thinking about this week and having you on, uh, I again, football analogies, if, if we're talking about possession, if you have a running back who consistently has trouble holding on to the football, mm-hmm. then you know going into a game in in crucial moments, you may not call a play to give the ball to that running back because possession is crucial. That's yeah. And I when I see
1: that and I think about the preparation piece and then you're talking about a running back. Um, you know, I, I think about things like I know this will like for us, third and fourth and short we practice third and fourth and short. And we say, okay, other first and second down, you can bounce. Third and fourth down, you have to do it this way yeah. because you have to get that one yard. And, uh, you know, again, and, and and there's, you know, as God says here, and, and you, know, you and I were talking about this earlier, you know, God spells out there's consequences when we don't do what he's asked us to do. It doesn't mean that we're condemned to hell. Right. But there are still consequences. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as Christians, we want to sort of brush out the consequences like because I have eternal salvation, I've got a free pass. And Mm -hmm. we absolutely we do not have a free pass. We (laughs) in fact I wonder sometimes if sometimes almost feel like our lessons are tougher. And I I don't know why I feel like that. I I don't know that that's biblical, but maybe (laughs) it's tougher for us because as believers, when we don't do what God says and we face the consequences, we have the added
0: burden of you knew better all along and you did it anyway. Yeah, I I think that's it. The expectation set is higher for those of us who are followers of Christ, right, because we know better. Right. And so we have a relationship – so someone who's outside of Christ, we we don't expect them to act in a Christian manner because they're not. And and what we will see as consequences,
1: they may look at as misfortune or bad luck, right? And um, yeah. you know, and again, it God doesn't, you know, you know, God said, you know, He causes the rain to fall on the, you know, the good and the evil. So right. it's not like God is going to make us. He's not going to send bad things our way, right. but. Sometimes the consequences for not doing mm-hmm. what he wants us to do, they're not gonna be pleasant.
0: Yeah. Well and, and 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 I love that you pointed out this is not a salvation issue we're talking about. the, the promise of land, they're gonna possess that either way. Mm-hmm. There's no there's nothing here that he says if you don't drive out the inhabitants, you're gonna lose the land. That he doesn't say that. Right. They're still gonna have the land. It's just the land is gonna come with harassment. Right. In the land where you live, he even guarantees you're still going to have the the promise. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm giving you this. That's done. But if you don't remove these obstacles, because I I prefer to look at these in this way as obstacles, they're they're people in this case. But in our life today, it may not be people. It may be things that we we put in our own lives. But he says, you know, they're going to be thorns in your eyes and in your sides. And when I started thinking about that visual, man, if if you got thorns in your eyes. You can't even see straight. That's true. And, and you know, when I see the stuff like
1: this, I think back to, you know, the Ten Commandments. You know, the Ten Commandments are not a list that God put together to say, hey, I want to see if they can do it. <laughs> right. The Ten Commandments <laughs> are there to protect us. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, if, if, if we can abide in those, or the more so that we do, we are going to have a better life. Yeah. And it's when we stray from... From what God's told us is best for us, you know, it's it's His love for us, mm-hmm. His love for us is those boundaries. Just yeah. like, you know, when Micah was little and Prosper, you know, we we give them a lot of direction, or they're going to do something really stupid, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hopefully they're going to grow out of that <laughs> at, at, at sooner than later. But uh, they're both good young men. But I, but I think you know what I mean, though, in yeah. that, um, you know. God is, God tries, he wants, he loves us. He wants to protect us. And that's why he tells us things like this Mm -hmm. is, if you'll do it my way, it will be good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He wants what's best for us. Right. He he loves us. He wants what's best for us. I love that you use the analogy of our children because as fathers, man, I, I want what's best for Micah. You want what's best for Trosper. And there are times that they have to learn that lesson on their own. And as a father, you have to sit and kind of watch, and it's like, mm, yeah. if you would just listen to what I said, uh, and 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 some of those moments, it's it's tempting to say, "I told you so," right? But well, but the the proper thing is to say, "Hey, remember when we talked about this earlier? Yeah. This, this is why yeah. I said this would be important." Uh, and and God's doing that with them here. He's like, "Look, I've shown you all these things," and the the people he's talking to here, if you've been following along in the Numbers uh, series. This is a generation that survived wandering in the wilderness for forty years, when the generation ahead of them all had to perish in the wilderness because last time they were faced with the choice of going into the promised land like God said or doing it their own way, they chose their own way, and there were consequences for them. That's right. And so they've they've seen that firsthand.
1: Well, and and you know I think about this, you know Stephanie and I've had we've got three children and. Uh, Man, that time went by fast that they were little. But but I even will tell them this now. I'll say, look, if you mess up, we'll be there for you. We'll Mm -hmm. help you. We'll do all we can to help you get through that tough time. But please understand, I can't do anything about the consequences. Mm -hmm. The consequences are the consequences. You're going to have to deal with them, but your mom and I are not going to abandon you. We right. will help you, we will love you, and we will get through this together. And, you know, and I, I feel like that's what, what God tells mm-hmm. us is he's not going <laughs> to abandon us, but, you know, if we make choices, you know, he's—our choices are are ours, yeah. and we have yeah. to own them, and, um, you know, and, and, and we, we can't love and serve God if we don't have choice. Right. So, you know, that's the—that's one of the best things that God gives us because— that gives us the opportunity to truly love, serve, and worship him, and uh, that's absolutely wonderful that uh, that we get to do that. And, and I'll be the first to admit, uh, sometimes my attitude in that regard is not what it should be. I mean, I've shared with you, you know, the last year for me, in a lot of ways, is not something that I would have envisioned or chosen, but I need to get my head out of my rear end and realize that, you know that was that was an opportunity. That was it's been wonderful that I had th- those opportunities to serve Christ, and mm-hmm. I need to be more appreciative and thankful for those opportunities instead of necessarily think, well, but God, I would rather be over here doing <laughs> I'd ra- this. I'd rather do this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And and His way again, it's it's a trust thing, right? We we learn to trust Him more and truly believe that His ways for us are better, even than what we can envision for ourselves, because a lot of times. We, we do we, we see things and we're like well I, I want this or I, th- I think this would be the best way mm-hmm. when God's saying well trust me that's not and you don't know why it's not yet but but this is the best way and we have instruction all throughout scripture on on how to live you you mentioned Ten Commandments and other things and even in the New Testament Jesus himself says you know I, I came that you would have not only have life but you would have it more abundantly Well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean he came so that you would have all the possessions in the world. He didn't say easy. The quality of life. Right, yeah. And his way leads to that, where you can have a a rich and full life and enjoy being alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, He didn't come and die just so we could enjoy eternity. That's that's a huge thing. But, man, I don't want to wait to live like I'm saved until... Eternity, like, I, I want to live that way now because his way is, is better. I, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Uh, yes, our salvation is first and foremost. But, yes, I don't want to navigate life on earth mm-hmm. without Jesus Christ and his word. It's going to be a colossal mess, <laughs> failure. Uh, the damage that it would do to not just my own life but the people that are around me, you are correct. We don't want to live on this earth not not relying on God and his word to help us navigate it yeah. because it's going to set us up for more than we can handle.
0: Yeah. yeah, And and so you and I talked some earlier about this. So they're given the instruction and told, and, and some people may view this and say, man, God's kind of harsh to the inhabitants of the land. Understand God knows the heart of man. We don't. So what he's already determined about the people in the land, they are not going to turn to him. He he knows this based on he he knows their heart. We do know that within Jericho there's a woman named Rahab, who she when the spies come to Jericho, what, what does she do? She receives them Helps. and she says to them, "Hey, I don't I don't know your God, but I've seen and heard what he does, and I believe he is better." Than the gods my people serve, so they have opportunity. It's not like the people in the Promised Land, uh, in Canaan, the different people groups that live there. It's not that like they haven't heard; they've heard of the God of the Israelites. They heard that He delivered them from Egypt. They've they've heard the stories. The stories have come ahead. They have opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe maybe He's better, and they don't.
1: And I, I like that you you shared that because. I think, you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, we we're called to serve Him to be witnesses for Him, but ultimately we can't make choices for nonbelievers. The nonbelievers they make their choices, right. and and they make that we we pray with with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it's not something where we as Christians can be evangelists with notches on our belt. <laughs> right, it, right. It doesn't work like that. No. But but now, and you know you it you know it's interesting because you know you talked about possession and preparation. It's so much. It's really following Christ in this regard is so much like preparing as a coach because a, as a coach, I mean, really, as soon as the season's over, you start preparing for the next one there's a ton of work that goes into it in preparation. And the idea is that you're going to faithfully do the things that you have to do, but ultimately the results you don't ha- I mean I know that, I know a lot of people don't want to own this. A lot of times you don't have as much of a choice on what the final results right. are, but the process every day is your choice. And as followers of Jesus Christ, the results of people choosing to follow him that's between them and the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, we've got to take seriously our daily obligation to serve and to be a witness to him. Mm-hmm. And do we have to coerce a conversation and a conversion by getting people in a headlock? No, that's <laughs> that's not our role. Right. But right. our role absolutely is, is to be his vessel. Mm-hmm. And we have got to... We've got to recognize the importance of that and and also recognize there's nothing we're doing that is more important than being his vessel Mm -hmm. so that his Holy spirit can work in others. And again, it's, it's nothing that we're doing, but we've got to be open to letting God work in our lives and interact with those people that he puts in our circle.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I love what you shared there. And I, I've never been a, a head coach uh, of, of any type of program uh, other, other than little rec league things. But I remember uh, being, being someone who grew up with video games, I've, I've loved playing the Madden NFL series. Mm-hmm. You control the action in that. You control what the players do. There was a version of that that came out, I don't remember what year it was now, but it was called NFL Head Coach. Bill Cower was on the on the cover, mm-hmm. and I, I bought that and thought this is going to be great because because the whole premise was you ran the organization, so you did the drafting, you you roster changes, but on game day you called the plays, mm-hmm. and you could you could cheat I call it cheating you you could do it to where you still controlled the players just like you do on Madden, mm-hmm. or you could do it in head coach mode where you called the plays, and then you watched. Uh-huh. And what it, it was so frustrating <laughs> because you would you would tweak the lineup, you would make changes that should work, right, and then you would call the play. You've you've put the player in possess in position to succeed, right? But instead of hitting the hole, he he breaks Bousy. right, yeah. Or instead of throwing to this receiver who's wide open, he throws into double coverage. You can't make those players do. What you would want them to do, all you can do as a coach, as you shared, is put them in position mm-hmm. to succeed. And and we as Christians have to understand that's that's our our job is not to save anyone. Our we, job we is can't. to is we to can't is, save right, anyone. It's to put our friends and our family in position.
1: And and to also make sure this that we're not the person that drives them away from Christ. Right. And I I think that's that's something that, that I don't know we're always conscious of is that, you know, I think about that a lot. You know, I think about the millstone around the neck. I think about that a lot. And, you know, when, you know, when you work with young people, like I have my whole life and you're also open about your faith, you know, I, I don't want anyone to say, well, I don't want to be a Christian cause I don't want to be like him. Right. I don't want to act like he does. I don't want to talk like he does. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's something, and again, that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. We're not going to fall. Uh, you know, I, I think this, I think being a follower of Jesus Christ and being a head coach, I think you have to say, I'm sorry a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think you have yeah. to say, right. I made a mistake often. Mm-hmm. I think that those two things. And I think if you put those together, then I think, then I, then I think you got a chance to let guys use you. But, uh, but I think we've got to take seriously that, um, you know, we we want we want we don't want our behavior to get in the way of the Holy Spirit bringing yeah. someone to, to Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's again not from the coaching world, but when I hear coaches say their job is to put the team in in position to win, right? Watching the Super Bowl the other night, I think both coaches effectively put their teams in position to win and then it comes down to execution and that's on the part of the player. But part of, you know, can can we like you said, can we be a millstone? Can we make mistakes that then are a detriment to somebody being in position to hear about God or to receive? Yeah, we we can. We absolutely can. And that's part of our preparation to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And I think what God's saying to the Israelites here, he's, he's trying to tell them he's setting them up for success in Canaan. He's like, Hey, part of that is going to be, you got to clear these people out because the people that are there, they worship false gods. They have places of worship. And if you don't destroy those idols, destroy those places of worship, it's not going to be long till you're going to find yourself in those temples, worshiping those gods because you've left those people around to influence you. Uh, and, and, he knows this about the Israelites because they've shown the whole way from Egypt, right? <laughs> Left them alone for a few days while Moses is on the mountain, and they they make an idol of a golden calf for themselves. Yeah. So he he knows they're prone to this. Uh, Was the the hymn says prone prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Right. We, yes. We're all prone to drift. Um, and so he he gives them this stern warning that if you don't drive them out thorns in your eyes thorns in your sides they're they're going to harass you in this land where you will live and then verse 56 and what i had planned to do to them i will do to you well well what was god planning to do to them well they, they were going to lose their their homes they were going to not be a people they're going to be broken up scattered god's saying hey if you, if you don't do what i'm and that's not him threatening them it's hey if you don't live the way i'm telling you this is gonna be the end result. Right. And we know, unfortunately, that tracking the history of of the Israelites, man, that they're gonna not do what they were told to do, and those people are gonna harass them, and then they're gonna end up the kingdom gets split, they get sent off to exile. I mean, it's everything yeah. that he said is exactly what's gonna happen.
1: And and they were still God's people. Yeah. But once again, the consequences, consequences. are the consequences. And, and the
0: consequences of their choices.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, we, that goes with it. Yeah. Consequences go with poor choices. And, <laughs> and you know, consequences go with, you know, there's good consequences with the good choices for yeah. sure. Yeah, So, uh,
0: I, I just want to focus in a little bit on, because this very specifically talks about people, uh, and I want to make sure our listeners are understanding. Sometimes the obstacle that, that God is telling you needs to be removed from your life may be a relationship you have with a person that's just not a a healthy uh, relationship, and maybe you know, maybe you started a relationship out of a desire to influence them, but maybe they're more of an influence to you. and And if the Holy Spirit reveals that to you and says, "Hey, that that relationship has to end," then you never need to feel guilty as a believer in stepping out of that. I think a lot of times we struggle because we feel like, "Oh, but if I'm if I'm not their friend, then then what Christian is?" and I'm not saying you have to be unkind to that individual, but if God reveals to you, hey, the time you're spending with this individual is is harmful to your walk, mm-hmm. then you have to step away from that and trust that the same God who saved you can save them That's right. with influence from someone else. And, and you still handle that, like I said, in a very kind manner. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's not people. Sometimes I think the things that are our obstacles that God tells us, "Hey, as you go to as you go to possess the promise I've given you, here are some things that need to go." I think He shows us things in our life, whether it's priorities that we've put above Him or uh, hobbies that maybe take up too too much of our time or, or passion uh, or you know harmful habits. I, I think there's things like that that can be. Obstacles to us receiving the promise He has for us in again in this life. We're not talking about a salvation promise, right? There's yeah. we know in in the New Testament, Paul tells us nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. So we're not saying that you don't remove these and, and you lose out on salvation, correct? Uh, yeah. But that that rich abundant life we're talking about, the quality of life, uh, and you know I, I think those are things that we can all identify that are different for each of us.
1: You know, I I like that you shared that because I think about, you know, as I mean, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but you know, as a young Christian, I really thought I was pretty together. I did. The older I got, I realized, wow, you're you're really missing the mark of what God's called you to be. But what I'm thankful for, and the phase that I'm trying to reach and trying to live in is that, okay, yeah, David, you're a mess. Okay, that's all right. What matters in this thing is who God is Mm -hmm. and and how wonderful he is. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes there certainly are consequences for poor choices. But I think for all of us, if we can keep our focus on the big thing, which is instead of getting so wrapped up, I mean, let's go to that big God who can do all to help us with the obstacles Mm -hmm. instead of spending all of our time beating ourselves up over the obstacles and driving ourselves into the dirt. And, you know, that's, that's been something that's, you know, like I said, I've, I've had to, you know, grow and I'm, I'm still trying to get out of the phase of David, you're a mess and get into, but God, you're great. Right. And, and get my focus on him because, you know, at the end of the day, especially with our salvation, all that matters is him Mm -hmm. and the price that Jesus paid. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there there's nothing that we can do to, to you know to, you know to, to earn our salvation. It, yeah. It's all about him and what he did. And um, you know, I just I would encourage all of us to, you know, to get our eyes on him mm-hmm. and work toward following him. And instead of maybe letting ourselves be consumed by those <laughs> obstacles or habits or right. or the things that uh, you know are not are not are not what what God's called for us.
0: Yeah. They're, they're you know, uh, they're, they're hindrances, right? There's things that we, uh, there are things that we wrap ourselves up in. I think it's uh, Hebrews 12. Um, very familiar passage. Uh, Hebrews 12, one, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside. Uh, some translations say cast off every weight, and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. This, this idea of casting off those weights and hindrances, I mean, that's that's what I look at this instruction in Numbers and say, what God's telling them is, hey, the people that are in the land currently those are going to be weights and hindrances to you if you don't remove those. Mm-hmm. Cast those off. Mm-hmm. Get rid of them. Move, move them out because I've given you this land and you're going to enjoy your time in this land a lot more if those people aren't there. And and I think, you know, for us it can be as simple as as a, a, a poor attitude. I was talking with somebody else earlier today. Um, right now I've been on this kick of, of humility versus pride just because I see a lot of issues with that in uh not just our society, but within Christian life. Um, But, you know, I I got to thinking more about it. How I enter my home on a day-to-day basis has an impact. If I walk in after a day of work and I drop my computer bag over to the side and I go sit down on the couch as if the the king has arrived, (laughs) that affects, in a negative sense, my interaction with my wife and son the rest of the night. It sets a tone. Whereas if I go home with the intent of, hey, I am tired from work, but here, here's my wife and son. How how can I serve them this evening? What ways can God use me to serve them? Man, th- those are great nights. Those are nights we enjoy together as a family because my attitude's in the right place. My, my heart's in the right place. Sometimes that's the obstacle that, that yeah. God's saying, hey, if you don't kick that out, That's going to be a thorn in your side and a thorn in your eyes if you let that that pride stay around, because you're always making it about yourself.
1: Uh, That's a great point. You know, you talked about surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and I don't do this every day. I wish I did, but man, a lot of days when I'm getting in the car and I'm headed to school, I'm thinking, "Hey Jesus, today is your day," and I and always think of two people in particular: my, my dad's old quarterback Robert Allen Yankee, and my dad. And I'm like, hey, they're not here today, but I want to, I, I want to have a day that they would be proud of, that they that would be pleasing to them. And it gets back to that cloud of witnesses. Um, I think for all of us, we have we have that witness that can inspire us. And uh, I would just encourage everybody, man, when you take off, when you take off in the morning, Jesus, we're serving Christ, mm-hmm. and then think about that witness that you you want to, uh, hey, they're not here today, so I, I've, I've got to pick up the slack mm-hmm. and uh, and serve him mm-hmm. and, and in a way that would be pleasing to that cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and so as as we kind of come to a close here, I, I think you, you've heard us say numerous times, God's way is is better than ours, and we don't always even understand what he's doing. Uh, sometimes we look around at our own lives and, and we don't understand the, the season we're in or we don't understand why this happened versus the other. Um, but he's clear in his instruction here. And, and I don't believe this is in scripture just for us to read and say, oh, this is what he told the Israelites and that was great for them. I think there's application for us to say, you know, as we prepare for promise, uh, which has been this series, the final step is when God does say, okay, now it's time to possess. All that I've promised for you, or or this specific promise for you, how how have we prepared to do it, and and are we going to do what He has said? Which is, hey, this that I've revealed in your life's got to go. This has got to go. This has got, and if it doesn't, it's going to affect how you receive that promise, and it's going to affect uh, how much you enjoy that promise. Uh, and and man, that's that's not God being um, ruthless or. or overreaching with his his rules it's that's him saying hey i love you i want you to enjoy what i'm giving you
1: well and and you know i would say this to you know the concept of god being ruthless i would say this god is holy as opposed to ruthless mm-hmm. and then i would also say this though god sent his only son mm-hmm. what more do we want <laughs> right what more do we want what more can can we ask for and yeah you know god is god so if there was a way besides jesus christ god would have done that right i mean i've got 3 children i i will not give up any of those 3 for anyone else right so you know so so what i again just my point would be this god is holy mm-hmm. god has given us his son his life what more what more do we? What more can God give than His Son, yeah. and and help us to understand? I mean, I would almost get to the point that if you thought there was a way other than Jesus Christ, you're basically saying either that you're basically to me saying God is a fool mm-hmm. that there was a way, but God couldn't figure it out. Right. So, I I think you know I know sometimes in our culture. We get criticized because we say Jesus is the only way. Yeah. Well, what we're saying is we're saying God loved you so much that He paid the ultimate price for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I don't know more what I don't know how God can love us any bigger than that. Yeah. I, I I don't know I don't know what He could do. And right. um, you know I just I just think we've got to remember God is holy mm-hmm. and God God did. He he, he paid the biggest price because
0: he loves us. Yeah, and and he did all of that as Scripture tells us while we were still sinners. Yes, while we were in active rebellion against him, he chose to sacrifice his son for us. And and there is there is no context we have for love like that. Whatever love you've experienced in life is not on that level. It's just not. Um, and. Uh, so if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a relationship with christ yet i think you've heard enough about the love of god and and how much he has done for you to to make the way for you to be in a relationship with him and so you can uh, pray to him to receive him as lord and savior and and it's as simple as that he's done all the work for you and then once you receive him then you walk in that salvation and that's some of what we've talked about today in and being guided by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this is, this is something in my life that needs to go, and here's something else that needs to go. Not so that you can make yourself right with God. He, he's making you right through his righteousness, but so that you can live in the promise that he's given you and enjoy it to its fullest. Uh, and so that's the encouragement we want to offer you today from the Word. Uh, we, we hope that this time, this podcast is an encouragement to you, uh, again, this uh, has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church. Thanks to David Buchanan, and uh, we will see you next time.